Welcome to the fourth episode of Demol Belty Season 7 Recaps from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Hampson, and joining me as always is the Canadian who does Celine Dion songs at every karaoke night he attends, Logan Saunders. Good morning. Good very early morning slash very late evening for both of us, because this is fun. Logan's in Thailand now, so we don't have much time difference. No, too little of time difference that but also too much to where it doesn't work in our favor for either of us. Yeah, we've both kind of screwed this week because going a bit inside baseball as I love to, it's currently like 20 past 5 in the morning for Logan and it's like 20 past 11 for me in the evening and I've been up a long time and I'm very tired. And I did not get much sleep. No, so we're going to have a fun podcast this week. And I will begin with the same question I always begin with. What have you been up to this week? Let's see, I was in Singapore, I met Alan Wu, who is the host of Amazing Race Asia, Amazing Race, Alan, yes, exactly, uh, Amazing Race China Rush, and Amazing Race China Celebrity Edition, he's been hosting Amazing Race for about 11 or 12 years now? He's done the most seasons outside of Phil. Yeah, I think he's done it for yeah 12 years, and yeah, and he's still definitely hosting... Uh, Amazing Race China, that's for sure. And I met JK and Mike, who host their own radio show in Singapore, and uh, they were also on Amazing Race Asia. Friends of the podcast. Friends of the podcast, indeed. Went to an anime convention in Singapore with the World Cosplay uh, finalists. Um, By anime convention, Logan means hentai convention. Yes, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, getting my carry-on baggage uh, thoroughly checked through by security was an interesting experience. As I saw on a t-shirt when I went to Comic-Con a couple of weeks ago, hentai, that age-old story of when a woman falls in love with an octopus. <laughs> um, what else? What else did I do? Um, I had sugarcane juice, and I've had some um, bubble milk teas. And then I came to Thailand and saw some... Muay Thai boxing yesterday and hung out at a cat cafe. And got onto their Instagram, I believe. Yes, they were taking pictures and they're agreeing to... They want me to go back there to advertise my English teaching services. Wouldn't be the first time you've been called back to uh, advertise your services somewhere, would it? No, not not at all, especially in Thailand. Anything goes. (laughs) And I believe you're going meeting tigers this afternoon. Yes, I'm going to go into a tiger cage. I go from one group of very of very small felines to a much, much larger group of felines. And I'm sure we'll be talking about that next week, assuming you don't die. Yeah, to enter a cage, only one will emerge as the victor. You're not doing a Hell in a Cell match with a tiger, are you? <laughs> yes. Undertaker, I'm just going to get choke slammed through a cage. Please make sure someone videos that. <laughs> Purely for my amusement. <laughs> I mean, as your friend, I should care about your well-being, but as the person who podcasts with you, I just want a video of a tiger choke slamming you. <laughs> Fast tigers, slow podcasters. <laughs> so, previously, everyone split into pairs or trios, and while the pairs spent the night with animals, the trio learnt Vovinam. At the execution, Jill's lie was revealed as Ava going home, as she was actually the fastest to complete the test. And the episode ended with Ava being driven away and the chance to save the person who should have been eliminated. And the episode opens with everyone sitting around a table. And Jill comes onto the TV and says that they can save the person who should have been eliminated in half an hour. A paint bomb will go off and they will go home. They must dismantle the bomb to save the eliminated person. 
and earn 3,000 euros for the pots. And to dismantle the bomb, they must enter a code which is made up of a letter, either M or V, for man or woman, and a number from 1 to 5. And they have two chances. If they get the code wrong once, they will not be able to earn any money, and they will lose 1,000 euros from the pots. If they guess incorrectly twice, they will lose another 1,000 euros for the pots, and someone will be going home. And in the car, Ava gets to watch the discussion, and they all assume that Ava is the eliminated person. And Ava waits a really, really long time to break the news to everyone else. Yeah, that was inherently suspicious for me. I still don't think Ava is the mole, but she's rising up the ranks purely because she was a little bit suspicious this week in her complete apathy towards actually helping people. Yeah, like, she strategized as hardcore as possible to ensure that the group made the worst decisions possible. She waited until, like, less, what, less than three or two minutes to go to make sure that they would just panic and enter in two codes in a rash decision? Here's my thinking. I think the Mole didn't want the team to lose, but the Mole wanted the team to lose once. Because the Mole's main plan would be lose some money, but don't necessarily lose people, because that's another person who you can be shielded by. So that's my main argument against Ava being the Mole, is the fact that she was going purely for herself, and not caring about the money in the pot, or the fact that someone would have to go home that wasn't her. And that is a very candidate thing to do. Right. Because, yeah, because we discussed this with the is the Mole a lot earlier this year, that the more suspects you have to hide behind, the better it is to conceal all of your sabotages. And also, this game was completely structured so that the Mole could sabotage slightly, but not sabotage completely in that they would still lose money for every incorrect guess. Yeah, and especially during that initial vote, just say, I don't want to bring Ava back, and then wait till Ava comes on, and if she gives you the right code, then you enter the correct code the second time. Yeah. Which is why I still think it's Cat. Because the Mole should position themselves as being the person who is basically the go-between in a challenge like this. They should be the only person with all the information. And Kat was the one relaying everything to Ava, and relaying everything from Ava to the team. Right, she had the walkie-talkie the whole time. Without her, that challenge could have been very different. She didn't even feel she didn't even feel out if um, Ava's motivations or anything. She's just like, oh, let's follow what Ava says. Because it wasn't like the Ruth game, which obviously we're going to draw comparisons to. It wasn't like the Ruth game, because in the Ruth game, there was enough leeway that anyone who wanted to help her still could without necessarily forcing everyone else to cooperate. And also, they wouldn't have lost money if Ruth would have come back. They would have gained money, I think. Right. And Kat says that she always said she'd bring someone back if she had the opportunity, because she would put herself in their shoes and really not want to go home. In other words, don't give her a resurrection stone from the Deathly Hollows. And Elizabeth says that the reason women leave earlier is because they think with their heart rather than with their head. (laughs) And boy, do we have to unpack that quote. Which I'm sure Logan at half five in the morning would love the idea of unpacking a slightly sexist quote. Slightly sexist? Okay, very sexist quote. I'm trying to give her the benefit of the doubt here, Logan. uh, Maybe she's just directly contrasting it to last year where it was an all-male final three. I mean, Elizabeth got buried this week. And it was wonderful to see. 
<laughs> if only she was in the first challenge of last season. <laughs> I honestly thought that she was going to be the person who went home purely because of this challenge, given how badly she came across. Imagine her being executed and Jill's just like, oh, what do you think? What do you think happened, Elizabeth? Women. And then she just says, women. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, well, I'm just genetically inferior to half my cast members. (laughs) That would make national headlines instantly. That would make international headlines. And with 19 minutes left, Ava finds a rabbit pen and an envelope. And the correct number is on the necklace of the rabbit that they saw in the previous episode at breakfast the previous morning. And for each incorrect code entered, Ava earns a yoker for the next test. And I'm going to call them yoker rather than... Um, Passfragen? Rather than Passfragen, yeah, because a yoker is just more cinematic. And the fact that they had a contestant last year named Yoker collecting yokers. Yeah, it's, it was Yokerception. <laughs> but yeah. On this podcast, we are still going to refer to them as Jokers. Sorry, Jill. Not past dragons. And Ava says that she's not crazy about rabbits. And, I mean, you're three episodes late, but you still don't have to lie to the casting team. You're not going to be the mole now. She's like, this is the same rabbit that I thought I put in the freezer. How is it still alive? You know what's a... The, the, the women didn't come across too well this episode. You have Ingrid, who is super cold... Uh, towards having Ava back. And then you have Elizabeth saying that women get executed because they're too emotional. And then later in the episode, manhandling Vietnamese people. Yes. And then... (laughs) And then here we have Ava nearly strangling a rabbit to death because she doesn't know how to pick up a rabbit. (laughs) It was only Kat who didn't come across horribly. (laughs) Which makes her all the more suspicious. Yeah. (laughs) The least horrible is maybe the most horrible. And she decides to lie to the team about the rabbits, because if everyone was going to fight for themselves, given that everyone apart from Bass and Cat chose not to bring her back, she was going to fight for herself as well. And the letter choice is the most common answer to the question, is the mole male or female? Which is a very telling question. And Bruno reminds everyone to think about Gilles' lie, and then changes his vote to yes as well. And Bass, in his most Machiavellian move, decides to make Ingrid tell Ava they don't want to bring her back, as she's the ringleader of the no group. Of the nay group. With six and a half minutes to go, Ava reveals over the phone that she is not the person who was meant to be eliminated. One of them is. And she gives them the incorrect number, which is two. And the reveal that one of them is the true eliminated person spurs everyone on. And Kat, Bass, Bruno, Axel, Martine and Yuri all suspect a woman. And Ingrid and Elizabeth are the only two to suspect a man. And with just one minute to go, Martine presses V2, and it is of course wrong. Ava earns a yoker, and they lose a thousand euros. Could have had a V8. And with barely 30 seconds to go, they press V4, which was Ava's second lie. And the bomb goes off, everyone gets splattered in paint, Ava earns another yoker, and another thousand euros is lost from the pots, giving them a challenge total of minus two thousand euros of a possible three thousand. And it will probably be the worst performance on challenge they have all season. You would hope so. Now here's my next question. Why did Ava tell them everything? I guess if you come off as super honest, then everyone's just going to play along with you and enter in the codes. So you get the the jokers. Yeah, but the problem is that 
now she has to reveal to everyone that she has the yokers, and on top of that, she now has to use them on the next test, otherwise she's going to get targeted for everything possible. I mean, she's going to get nowhere near any advantage if she tells the truth to people now. That's true. She won't be allowed to be segregated. Yeah, if there's another challenge like that skyscraper one from last year, she's going to not be able to touch it. Right, this was like her only week to have a major advantage. And then everyone is brought back to Gilles' cave for the real execution, and Elizabeth gets a green screen before Ingrid is sent packing. And she's speechless, and Ava feels very guilty. Does she feel guilty? Well, she says she does. Let's wait till 20 seconds are left in the season, and then Ava's just going to spill how how unguilty she is. <laughs> and I have to point out that Team Saunders has lost a second person. It's not over yet. I'm only saying this because Team Harmstone loses its first person at the end of the episode. I have to gloat now whilst whilst I still technically have five people left. I do not give up until that number's down to zero. Until the paint gets splattered in my face. The paint splattering, though, was wonderful. Especially because it was a whole group. Like, the first time it's just one person getting sprayed on. This was a whole cluster of people. Like, that's a lot of paint to go around. I just loved that everyone was wondering how they were going to actually fire the paint at the person who was going to get eliminated. And Belgian Mole Production looked at that and went, you know what? Everyone's going to get it. We're going to build it up so it's basically a paint cannon rather than a paint bomb. It's the Oprah Winfrey of paint jobs. You get paint. You get paint. Everybody gets paint. Whoa! We have John Travolta! My two favourite reactions, though, were Yori, who looks really miserable to have paint thrown at his face, and Martine, who looked like he was standing in for Jamie's pillow. <laughs> and the rest of the group leaves Ninbin for their second location, which is Harlong Bay, which, coincidentally, is where Gilles took his picture that he put on Instagram as they were filming. Ava says that Bass and Kat could be suspicious for being the only people wanting her back. And then they board two speedboats to sail across Harlong Bay to their next challenge. And Gilles meets Ava, Bass, Martine and Axel at a fish farm. And they have to split up into pairs, which is Axel and Ava and Bass and Martine. And they have to catch eight fish in eight basins and describe it to the other pair. They earn money for putting the same fish in the same tanks in 30 minutes. And this is an all or nothing challenge. There is €2,400 at stake if all eight pairs match. And the other boat, containing Elizabeth, Bruno, Kat and Yuri, heads to a beach where a silent disco is taking place. And they can earn €1,500 by working in pairs. And one pair will be at the DJ, one pair will be dancing. And they have three rounds, and each person dancing will hear a different song for the first round. And the pair at the DJ must work out the link between the songs to earn €500 for the first challenge. And in this round, Yuri gets My Heart Will Go On, and Elizabeth gets Staying Alive. And I spotted a sabotage. Ooh, please tell. So Bruno says that um, Olivia Newton-John, for some reason, did Staying Alive, even though everyone knows it's the Bee Gees. It's the one song that everyone knows to do with CPR, because it has the perfect beats per minute. Yeah, The Office taught, taught us that. But Kat mishears it, in inverted commas, as Elton John, and tries to push him towards making that the link, even though it blatantly isn't. The correct link is Hearts, and therefore CPR. And at the fish farm, they all catch fish quickly. And they have five fish caught each, and they have four correct pairs. 
And in the second silent disc around, they don't have to solve the link. They have to work out which person is dancing to which song and put the rest of the Vietnamese locals into the correct areas. And if they are correct, they earn the 500 euros. And there is something delightful about Elizabeth manhandling Vietnamese people. <laughs> is it like the same as Nikki trying to handle uh, Colombian Frankie Grande? <laughs> yes. At, at one point, she just has to drag a Vietnamese woman away. <laughs> It's like the kicking and screaming challenge from Survivor. Eventually, they're just going to have their hands like digging into the sand as Elizabeth is dragging them into the squares. She's just earning that villain edit every single second she does it. She's just dragging Vietnamese people away from where they want to be. <laughs> it's either this or I carry you. <laughs> Starts throat punching them and carrying them into the squares. <laughs> And inexplicably, they do actually manage to earn the 500 euros for that second round. And Bass and Martine have eight fish, and with four minutes to go, Ava and Axel still have one more to catch. And in the final silent disco round, one person has to stand by the DJ while the other three dance. And the one at the DJ has to have the right timing and hit a button as the bass drops in a song. If only it was Lonely Island's bass drop song. (laughs) And they just get faked out so many times. Well, they were getting faked out so many times on this. Because <laughs> they had to keep dancing and then indicate to Bruno when the bass was dropping, because he couldn't hear anything. And Elizabeth and Yori were way more into the dancing than Kat was. Which also amused me greatly. I'm, I'm sure Elizabeth has an explanation for why women don't have, have as much rhythm as men. It's sexism, that's what it is. <laughs> men are just inherently born better dancers. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> They're born with more joy in their feet. And Bruno does hit the button at the correct moment, so they earn a thousand euros of fifteen hundred euros for this challenge. And when they all reconvene at the beach, the fishers also earned two thousand four hundred euros for the pots, because they succeeded. They then get to spend the evening in tents on the beach and get an open bar which Axel turns into the barman for. Axel, I'm hoping he didn't spike any of those drinks. The F in Axel F-Boy stands for fluid this time. Yes. Or floozy. And to begin day seven, there is a guitar version of House of the Rising Sun that plays. I'd like to point out the great music in um, in Belgium Mole, because we had at the end of the first episode the wonderful version of Ready or Not, which, as I mentioned last week, is available on Spotify. And now we get a great guitar version of House of the Rising Sun as well. Not enough gets said about the soundtracks to Mole Seasons. Especially Belgian Mole. Their soundtracks are always amazing. Yeah, and contrast that to Vidim, which has kind of moved away from using the wonderful soundtracks that we had in earlier seasons. The one that sticks out to me is the fact that they play Harry Potter music, I think it is, in uh, in the first episode of the Japan season. <laughs> yes, I'm sure. Um, oh, who's the guy who did the first Harry Potter movie? Columbus. Yes, I'm sure he'd be so proud. Who is Columbus? 200 euros, Michael. But I am remembering that last year they kept playing Avengers music on um, on Belgium Mall as well. Which, given that Avengers Endgame tickets uh, went on sale in the UK today, is very good timing. I will be seeing it. I'm not doing a midnight showing this year, though. You've done midnight showings before? I did a midnight showing for Avengers last year, and it screwed me up for about three days. Because I was so tired. Because <laughs> I had to work the next day. <laughs> I guess it'd be like a two and a half hour movie. You probably don't even get home till like three thirty. Yeah, well, it came out on the Wednesday night, Thursday morning. So I was working 
I was working in eight half four on the Wednesday deliberately, and then I did a five k run, and then stayed up till midnight, watched the midnight showing, didn't get home till about four, and then I was in work the next day at one. I've never been so tired. <laughs> it was like being jet lagged for about three days. It was awful. I was about to say it'd be just like a jet lag experience because you're just screwing up your internal clock as much as possible. Yeah. I mean, it was a great film, and I am going to go see Endgame. I'm just going to see it in the evening rather than a midnight showing. But, yeah, it was a bad choice on my part. <laughs> Milk was a bad choice. So, Gilles meets them on the beach on day seven and says that there is a lot of money at stake in the final challenge of the episode, but as he hasn't told the mole what is happening yet, that needs to happen first. So he has a casual conversation with everyone, apart from the mole, the mole will be briefed instead. In plain sight of everyone. Yep. And if this challenge does not teach you that Gilles de Costa is the best mole host, I don't know what will. Because he is pitch perfect at briefing the mole and not giving anything away. At all. He does the same hand actions in the same timing. Like, he gives nothing away, even though he's doing it to accompany all the casual conversations he's having with the other seven. It'd be like a series of dance moves. I would love to know how much he practiced that, because he was insanely good at doing it. <laughs> Could you imagine just him by himself in his hotel room with like charts of all the sequences of moves he's going to do while talking to each person? I mean, that was very well prepared. And he can't control where the other people are going to be either. And this was a huge risk as well, because if the wind changed... That could have blown all the conversations towards the group. <laughs> there was so much that could have gotten wrong here. Can you imagine the wind just blew just for like two seconds at the worst timing possible? And you're the mole. <laughs> so how are you finding being the mole? <laughs> Hot the dumber. <laughs> <laughs> and as part of their briefing, the mole chose to segregate Bruno and Elizabeth, and they get taken to a boat 300 metres from the rest of the group. All the rest of them have to do to earn the €4,500 on offer is swim to the boat and rescue them. So, Bruno and Elizabeth are put in a cabin, they are tied up and duct taped, and there are clues in their cabin. Everyone else has to split into pairs and go to three different stations which will then give them useful tools for the escape, basically. And each person's wearing a deflated life vest. For everyone who inflates their life vest, they will lose five minutes from the time, and they have to rescue Bruno and Elizabeth and blow a foghorn within an hour. And I bet it was CNN who's holding uh, Bruno and Elizabeth captive. Well, did you not see CNN trying to swim behind them? Yeah, he just... He, he took the five-minute penalty... I'm going to make everyone miserable by refusing to practice how to swim before this challenge, and I'm going to tie up two contestants, and they'll be at my mercy. Sabotage. And they do reach the boat, but they miss the information that is floating in a bottle nearby, and all they have to do to save Elizabeth and Bruno is solve the three puzzles surrounding the boat, lower the ladder, and blow the fuck on that is in the cabin. That's it. That's it. That's just the three, three puzzles and the foghorn. And they split into three pairs, which is Bass and Yuri, Cat and Ava, and Axel and Martine. And Baz and Yuri find goggles in a cage under the water at their station. 
The cage contains bamboo rungs from the ladder that they need, but there is a lesser lock. Bruno and Elizabeth can also help, but first they have to free themselves. And as they are tied to chairs and have duct tape over their mouths, that is easier said than done. Who, which pairings have been common so far? Because they've done a lot of pairings already. Not that many, actually. I'd have to do the research on it, but they like to switch up who's doing what pair. I think Axel and Martine have worked together before. Yeah, because in other seasons we've seen it where, what was it, last year, Bahan Lloyd, I think, were in the same group for like five or six episodes? Yeah, because they were deliberately doing that. And I also love the idea of what the conversation would have been with Bruno and Elizabeth when they got to the when they got to the boat. Yeah, guys, just sit in that chair. We're going to tie you up, and then we're going to put this duct tape on your mouth. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. Success. Yeah, have fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and here's this knife. Yeah, that that seemed very... Oh. Risky. Oh, the, those visuals I will never forget with um, Bruno using the resting. Like, I had fellow... RTV Warrior Michelle was chatting me a couple of hours after the episode went up yesterday. And she said, she was like running through the challenges. I'm like, Michelle, I haven't seen it. Yes, I'm at work. I'm going to watch it tonight. Please shut up. I love you dearly, but shut up. And she was like, oh, there's a really suggestive bit. You're going to have to mention that. And I got to this bit and went, how is this actually allowed to be seen by children? Because in any other context or with any other soundtrack, it's basically a video from your collection. You know what would have been great? I love how you didn't say yes then. How? <laughs> With all the different songs that they play, they should have played the Rocky Horror Picture Show uh, Time Warp song. <laughs> you put your knees together, and then it's a thrusting motion. That is the worst version of the Time Warp I think I've ever heard. <laughs> It's more Celine Dion for you, I think, Logan. <laughs> My thrust will go on. Oh, no. This is going to be a, po- a title, isn't it? <laughs> but yeah, Bruno. I guess Bruno's just been away from home for too long. It just seemed really dangerous, them having a massive fishing knife and then going, yeah, we actually can't control this or really move our hands whatsoever, so this is going to be dicey. You're going to do a thrusting motion that's very suggestive while holding a knife. And somehow that gets past the sensors. Yeah, what what they could have done is just work together to take the duct tape off the mouths at least so they could communicate. Although that probably would have been more suggestive imagery if someone was bending down to the other person's hands. Oh yeah, that was the worst part too. They still the duct tape over their mouths so they were like moaning the whole time. <laughs> Work together. <laughs> so at their station, Cat and Ava find a red box and a brown case, and there is a rope under their pontoon, which flips a math puzzle, which Michelle was very confused about. And how good are you at math, Logan? Not the worst, not the best. Because me being me, I obviously did the solution before they did. So the actual math puzzle is two times ten cubed, in brackets three sixty over six minus. 36 over 3 times 5 cubed plus question mark equals something. And the something is, of course, the answer to their puzzle. And that then boils down to being 2 times 60,000 minus 1500 plus question mark, or 120,000 minus 1500. 
And Elizabeth and Bruno manage to free themselves from the chair and work on cutting the ropes. And as we said, it's a bit suggestive. And then Martine and Axel find their pontoon. And they have to get a five-letter code, but water is getting into their case because of the way that they're holding onto it. And Martine inflates his life jacket at this point. Poor Martine. Yeah. And even if they hadn't won the four and a half thousand euros for this challenge, which, spoilers, they do, it is a genuinely impressive effort for seven of these eight people to not inflate their life jackets after nearly an hour of treading water. In the ocean. In the ocean. It was not at all shallow for them. I have no idea how they managed to survive for 53 minutes, I think it ended up being. Didn't Bartine go for the puzzle that was furthest away too? Yeah. Yeah, that was, that's very moly of stuff for somebody. What a shame Martine isn't the mole. <laughs> yeah. Somebody guided him into it, though. And Bass holds onto the rope too much, and it snaps, sinking the cage to the bottom. And Elizabeth and Bruno use bottles to solve their Morse code clue that they are hearing, because all they can hear is the dots and dashes in the cabin. Everyone except Cat and Ava swim back to the boat and notice the semaphore clue, which is hiding on the top of the boat. And with the alphabet in the cabin, they do solve it as the phrase, What mythical creature breathes fire? And if they didn't know, they could have looked at the front of the boat, given that there is a massive dragon head there. That could have just been a decoy. It did look like something out of um, out of a survivor marooning, though. <laughs> yes, it did. For immunity! It was probably a prop from uh, last year's Survivor South Africa, actually. Survivor <laughs> South Africa. They filmed it in the Philippines. But also they had a dragon-themed tribal council, which was awesome. Right. And Ava and Kat notice the Big Mouth Billy Bass above the maths puzzle and get an audio clue for their mystery number. And the lyrics of the song that are playing are in the cabin. And then Axel and Martine use the word dragon to open their chest, which contains a torch. But of course, the torch is incredibly waterlogged after their efforts. But somehow it still works. Yeah, eventually. They have to hold it up there for about five minutes until all the water evaporates. And Bruno and Elizabeth erase the lyrics on the whiteboard to leave the letters of Take the Gin. And the gin bottle has the number 28 on it, meaning that their puzzle should total 118,528. And by putting that number in, they get a key, which is the key to the cabin. I could have sworn it was going to be 525,600. And then the Morse code clue gets solved to spell the word Polly, which opens the cage that's now sunk two metres below the surface. And then Bruno and Elizabeth have one final puzzle in the cabin to solve, which is to connect the tubes stuck to the table, which will activate a button, which provides fire. And Yuri swims down to get the ladder rungs. And the visual of the fire-breathing dragon actually breathing fire is pretty damn cool. That would have taken some effort to put together. Yeah. That's a specific thing that they were looking for there. Which animal breathes fire? This dragon! I've seen a lot of people call this challenge one of the coolest escape room challenges ever, and I, I'm inclined to, to agree with them. It was a legitimately cool challenge. I haven't put that in my notes. I was thinking, if I was the mole, I would hate to sabotage that challenge. Yeah, where do you think the mole actually positioned themselves on this challenge? I don't know, that's a tough one. There were so many ways you could sabotage it. Do you think the mole actually tried to sabotage that much? Probably halfway through when they realized how cool the challenge was and how much the group wanted to succeed. I could see them just putting on the back pedals and and just let the group uh, do its thing. Yeah, I think the mole probably 
took a little bit of a backseat in this challenge. I just have an inkling on it. I know at the end they said, oh, I tried the mole, but the group was the group just did better than me. The group is stronger than the mole today. It's like, no, no, no. There were so many ways you could have just not figured out one of the puzzles and really just um, just be completely ineffective and not really be able to solve anything. Or just all you had to do was just go up to somebody's uh, life jacket and inflate it. And then, boom, you lose. I think the mole was probably in the water. Because would the mole really position themselves in the cabin? Not after what we saw, but Bruno did, no. Unless Bruno's the mole. Because if you're the mole and you have a crush on someone, maybe that's the point where you go, actually, yeah, I'll be tied up with that person. <laughs> sabotage is in very heavy quotations. That'd be like a scene in way of sabotaging. <laughs> I'm going to get tied up next to my crush so I can do really suggestive movements on TV for about 10 seconds. I love how Sinan is just the benchmark of everything silly on this program now. He's just become our, our go-to punching bag. <laughs> and the torch doesn't set alight as it is that wet. And they eventually get the ladder down and begin attaching the rungs. They only use two of them to save time, and Yori is the one nominated to go up. But he struggles to pull himself up and uses the thought of his children to motivate him. Which begs the question, Yori has children? Uh, as long as they don't need help getting up a ladder, I guess I guess he's able to have children. I was very surprised that he has children. They just have them young in Belgium. I thought it's one of those countries where it's only like 0.8 kids per family or something. I thought it's like Japan where the population's probably going down. Or maybe he's like like crazy Mormon or something that has like 10 kids already. Living in an Amish paradise. Yes, and one of them is already in high school. So with two minutes to spare, they blow the horn, winning 4,500 euros to the pot. And they have won 5,900 euros for the episode, and 12,050 euros of a possible 35,600 euros for the season so far. They're all a bunch of blowhards. Yeah, they, they did very well this, this episode. They got 5,900 of a possible 11,400, which if you ignore the whole getting painted in the face challenge it's 5,900 of a possible 8,400 that's pretty damn good it's one of the best episodes you can pretty much have on them all yeah they're already above where Vidim ended their season and they've still got five episodes left to earn money yeah they're 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 gonna have a pretty big pot this year yeah I can't remember how much Lloyd got last year I think it was about 25. 25,000 euros. Lloyd ended up with 27,665. Huh. And on the morning of day eight, it is time for the test and execution. 20 questions on the identity and actions of the mole. Whoever knows least goes home, apart from the mole who never goes home. But before that, we find out that Elizabeth has a family and just wants to make it to the family episode. At which point I go, bye, Elizabeth. Maybe next round. Yeah, I think she's getting set up to probably go home just before the family visit episode. That's how I feel about it. Or just after. And Yuri suspects Axel and Martijn as the torch shouldn't have got wet. Baz suspects Yuri as he was reluctant to help. Elizabeth suspects Kat as she had the CPR answer but didn't type it in. Axel suspects Ava as she confused everyone at the fish challenge. Ava plays her yokers, but she's not confident. That's our five people who actually say anything. And Gilles warns that the mole is speeding up in their sabotages. Yeah, because they sabotaged so much this week. 
I think the mole probably took a, a week off in paradise and is going to come back with a vengeance next week. And at the execution, Ava and Yuri get green screens before it is Martine who goes home. It was Martine's time. Yeah, his Martine was up. <laughs> if only he only if only he inflated his life vest right before the execution, then he could have treaded better on the quiz. And he says that he took too big a risk, but really enjoyed his time. And he gives Jill a hug on the way out. Aw. I really liked Martine. I think he was very sweet. It became blatantly apparent after the second episode that he was not the mole. But I think he was very nice. It's a fun archetype that Belgian Mole does very well in a nice young young person, basically. Yeah, it all started with who? Stim? Yeah, so Stein definitely fulfilled that. Booba to a lesser extent. Um, who did we have last year? Who was our token fun young person? Probably Lloyd. Yeah, if Lloyd was executed earlier, he would automatically fill that role. <laughs> yeah. He was not taken seriously. <laughs> it's a fun archetype that Belgian Mole does very well in a young male contestant being just nice and fun to be around for everyone and it being a big loss when they do go home. Obviously, we got we got a full season of Lloyd and his wonderful canyon swing. He is still one of my favourite guests to use. But he was the outlier in this. And despite the fact that Martine was my first pick in the pool and I got first choice, I wouldn't have picked him first after the second episode. I would have picked Cat first, obviously. But I'm genuinely sad to see him go. Yeah, if anyone was emotional during their their run on the season, it was definitely Martine. Yeah. Not the women. It's a loss for the season, but it does prove Elizabeth wrong, which is all that matters. This is why Martine goes home, Elizabeth. This is why. But, unfortunately, we lose Martine, but as, as Elton John would say, our heart must go on. And we end with another Diary of the Mole. And they had to go back with the bloody nose and did mole on the boat challenge, but the team were just better on the day. And they say that they are not nervous anymore. It'd just be funny if, like, next episode we see somebody with, like, cotton balls shoved up their nose. <laughs> so, next week, there is wine, paintball, food, fruit, and gross food before a Vietnamese lady chooses the best of the best. Princessing is the mole. I'm so glad that we get our token Vietnamese gross food challenge next week. I wanted this as soon as Vietnam was announced. Prepare for Scorpion. Oh, it looks so fun. I'm so excited to talk about that challenge next week. <laughs> if only Ingrid was still around. So, who do you suspect? It's tough when they all do so damn well. Um, Bruno is starting to climb up on my suspect list. Not gonna lie. I haven't done my suspect list this week as well. I usually do it before the podcast for Belgian Mole, but I've not done it yet. Let's see, who would still be up there? Kat's always suspicious. <laughs> I mean, Kat's my number one suspect. She still is. I'm still chucking 100 points at her this week, I think, just because I I want to stick to my guns and prove that I'm right. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not keen on Bass or Axel. A lot of people are suspecting Axel now. I mentioned this at the start of the second episode, I think, but there is an official suspicions list, basically. And Axel is in the top three now, after this episode. He's shot up. He got about an extra 15% this week than he did last week. See, I just think he's just a try-hard mole. 
I think he is as well. I I can't see it being Axel, and I know that's famous last words, but I can't see it being him because he's fulfilling the role of being the dopey older male contestant who gets eliminated in some sort of twist. Not mentioning any names, Hans, Jeffrey, but I can't see it being Axel. Ava is climbing up there for people as well. The top three for um, Belgium this week, I think in order, were Ava, Axel, Kat, I think. It was those three, definitely. I can, I'm pretty sure on the order. A lot of people suspecting Ava, surprisingly, but I'm not sure the mole would have gone for that because it's a little bit too obvious and a little bit too basic for a mole to do. I think the mole is, in the first challenge, better suited if they can try and make them get one code wrong so there's 4,000 euros that don't go in the pot and then try and win it to get a human shield staying in. Right. Anyone else on your suspect list? Let's see, I said Cat, I said Bruno, and I guess my third suspect would be Yuri. I'm not really I'm not really suspecting too many people. I've pretty much ruled Yuri out now. Yuri seems like too much of a candidate to me. Why is that? I just get the sense that he's he's playing the game rather than playing as a mole. Especially with his actions this week. Like he could have really moled when he was climbing up that ladder. He didn't really, he was just actually struggling. And if he was moling, then he would have done it like 10 seconds too late to get Bruno and Elizabeth out. There were still like three minutes on the clock, though. Yeah, there were still nearly three minutes. What's he, like, did you want him to like accidentally inflate his vest while climbing up the ladder? Or he just goes up and he just completely falls back in? Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> he could have struggled a lot more if he was the mole. <laughs> he just rests on there for three minutes. Gotta catch my breath, guys. Gotta catch my breath. Not rests, but struggles long enough that then someone tags in and then is the person who gets blamed for losing it. And, like, he was a bit too into the silent disco challenge as well. Like, he obviously just wanted to sing along to Celine Dion. If you were the mole, wouldn't you want to sing as much as you wanted to to Celine Dion? Depends on what the song is. Maybe not Celine Dion. (laughs) Because you're... You can't go home. There's nothing on the line for you. Why not take a moment to sing some Celine? No, but by singing, he made it much more likely they were going to get the connection. Yeah, well, it's just one throwaway. It's a throwaway that could have potentially cost the mole 500 euros. As it happens, Cat was in charge of the typing and didn't do anything, so... I just think that Yori isn't suspicious enough. Famous last words, Michael. Famous last words. And who do you think is going to get a red screen next week? Uh, maybe Elizabeth because she's just too emotional. I think she's just getting set up. She's getting set up for a fall, Elizabeth. I don't know when it's going to come, but I can't see her making the end just because I think she's getting set up for a huge fall. We're not supposed to like her that much anymore. Nay. I mean, one of Elizabeth and Ava has to go home soon because, in some lights, it's very difficult to tell them apart. <laughs> Genuinely, there was. I think it was the last challenge. I was doing my notes last night, and I actually put the wrong person down and had to go and correct it because I can't tell them apart someday. Sometimes, and this is coming from someone who's done twenty plus seasons of reality TV now on this podcast. I'm pretty good with names after the first episode, and sometimes I struggle with Ava and Elizabeth because they look very similar. Elizabeth's face looks a bit different from Ava's face. That's the only distinction I have. Yeah, they look different, but if you're not 
fully focusing on working out who is who, in some lights they look very similar to each other. It's very easy to mistake them for each other. So one of them needs to go just for my own peace of mind. <laughs> There's only room for one of the twins. <laughs> There's only so much emotion we're allowed. <laughs> so have you got anything else you want to say? Um, nope. Before I go to bed and you go to bed. Yes. <laughs> and we are ramping up. We've only got about six weeks left until, um, is it six weeks? It's, or is it five? No, it's five weeks till, uh, till Belgium, isn't it? Jesus. Yeah. You know how much more travel I still have to do. <laughs> anyway, thank you for listening to this podcast. You can join us next week for more mole hunting. I can actually say it this week. Yay! If you've got any questions, feel free to contact us on our Facebook page, Reality TV Warriors, and our social account, our TV Warriors, our own Twitter pages, MD Armstrong for me, and Log Super Quacky for logging. See you next week. Peace out and just chill to the next of flavoring. Yeah. <laughs>